Hey everybody, welcome to season two, episode 22 of Hawkeye Talk with Jimmy Hawk. I took a few days off after traveling to Iowa City last weekend, had to rest up two weekends in a row, and it was the euphoric weekend against Penn State, the big win, number three, Iowa beat number four, Penn State. Uh, exciting day, really fun day. And then the Purdue game, you know, ended up being what Purdue games have been of late, but I just took a little bit of time off, wanted to kind of sit back and, and think about what happened, take a closer look. An interesting thing to me is, you know, we hear about the hangover effect or a letdown that a team can have after a big game. And I considered that completely threw it away because I just thought this team was built a little bit differently. I just didn't think they would do that. And, and I don't know that that was the, the case. I mean, I think Purdue just, just beat the Hawkeyes on Saturday, but I thought they would really be ready to go. And I thought the fact that they, had struggled so mightily against Purdue the last few years. That's what I thought would have them really fired up coming into this game. They'd lost three out of the last four games. I thought that would be a factor, and the Hawkeyes would be pumped up and ready to go. Well, I predicted the Hawkeyes would win 27-13 to 13 without consciously thinking about how Purdue had scored 13 points in each of their last three games. It would have been four in a row at 13 for Purdue. I definitely did not think Purdue was going to bust out and score 24 and it was, you know, it was a 24 that should have been or could have been 34. They had the pylon fumble. We'll get to that later. They had the missed short field goal. Um, but the Hawkeyes did end up preserving the streak. I think it's now 29 straight games of keeping opponents under 25 points. It's by far the most of any college football team. You know, at home, I mean, this was in Kinnick Stadium. And, and with this special teams unit, Really special defensive unit. Spencer Petrus, the returning quarterback, really electric running back in Tyler Goodson. I really thought the Hawkeyes would put up some points in this game. The closer it got to game time, the more I thought this was going to be a laugher. I mean, this could be a game where the Hawkeyes really get a big win and expose Purdue. Kind of a 38-10 type of game where the Hawkeyes are rolling to 7-0, and staying at number two in the nation. But as it was... The Iowa offense just could not get it going against Purdue's defense. I didn't put a whole lot of stock into Purdue's ranking. I mean, they have impressive numbers on the year, but they really shut down the Hawkeyes. And they got win four out of five now against Iowa for Jeff Brom. Uh, Purdue won 24-7, cracked the top 25 for the first time in, in several years. The Hawkeyes fell to 11. I'm good with 11. It doesn't matter at this point. Um, it's all up to what they do next. If the Hawkeyes win out, they'll be back in the top five. You know, Every game will be tough from here on out. And the Hawkeyes have some work to do. No better time than now for a bye week. I mean, it would have been better if they had a bye week last week, I think, and, and maybe regrouped before Purdue. Uh, Purdue did have a bye week, by the way, going into that game. So they've been really really looking at the Hawkeyes and, and, and putting a game plan together, and, and they seem to have a good one on Saturday. Well, now for the Hawkeyes, it's time to reset and get ready for the Wisconsin Badgers. It's going to be a road game at Camp Randall in Madison, Wisconsin, a week from this Saturday at 11 a.m. Central Time. I'm going to spend just a few minutes running through some of the game highlights, and I didn't really want to at first. I didn't want to go back and look at the game and, and the play-by-play, -play, but I have to talk about some of the opportunities that the Hawkeyes squandered in this game. 
The game started out with a bang. It was a 38-yard pass from Spencer Petras to Keegan Johnson. The true freshman continues to do what he does so well, getting those long balls. He had a 38-yarder all the way to the Purdue 37. Tyrone Tracy Jr. touched the ball, and I, I think it's the only time he touched the ball in this game. It was a rush for one yard. Not sure if he's being double teamed, if, if he's just not getting open, what's going on. But he's not getting a lot of passes this year. But on third and 12, Petrus's pass was intercepted. The Hawkeyes turned it over. Nice. After that nice first play of the game, really disappointing. No points on the board. Both teams punted, and then the Boilermakers went on a 10-play, 87-yard drive. And they, they were using three quarterbacks. That was part of their game plan. Jack Plummer, whose dad played at Arizona State and in the NFL for many years, he had a nice run. Austin Burton, the third-string quarterback, was running the ball well. But Aiden O'Connell, he was finding guys in the passing game, mostly David Bell, ended up running into the end zone from six yards out for a touchdown to strike first. They don't have you know, a running back. They've got a lot of injuries, and they just started bringing quarterbacks in and having them run the ball, and the Hawkeyes didn't have an answer to that. Well, the next drive for the Hawkeyes seemed to kind of suck the air out of the stadium to me. It was just one of those big gasps when the field goal was missed, but it was a 17-play drive. It took up seven minutes and 40 seconds, got inside the 10-yard line, disappointed you don't get the touchdown, and then it's a missed 25-yard field goal. It was a complete shank, not like anything we've seen from Caleb Shudak this year, so not sure what happened. It didn't, didn't look like a bad snap or hold, but who knows? Something went wrong on that, that kick. But not to be outdone, the Purdue kicker went, you know, Purdue went on a drive, and the Purdue kicker missed a 32-yard field goal. Hawkeyes got it going next with a nine-play, 80-yard drive for a touchdown. And now we're rolling. I'm thinking, here we go, Hawkeyes. Tyler Goodson had some nice runs. Ivory Kelly Martin punched it in from the three-yard line for the touchdown. It was a drive that took over five minutes, so there's only three minutes and 20 seconds left in the half when Purdue took over, and they executed a 10-play, 75-yard touchdown drive. You know, Again, rotating quarterbacks, and then Aiden O'Connell doing most of the damage in the passing game, just throwing dimes. It's 14-7 at halftime. At this point, I wasn't too concerned with the 14-7 to halftime deficit. The Hawkeyes had overcome those a couple times this season already, and I really thought the Hawkeyes were going to come out a totally different team in the second half. It's been kind of a disappointing trend this year, though. The Hawkeyes are not starting games fast. They've been outscored 41-20 to in the first quarter of this season. Well, the Hawkeyes did not come out fired up and did not come, come out a different team. Purdue went right on an eight-play, 66-yard drive and got a 31-yard field goal. Bell had a 47-yard catch and run on that drive. The Hawkeyes got it back four plays and then a punt. And then Purdue's just driving right down the field again, burning clock. Wide receivers David Bell, Payne Durham are getting open in Iowa's defense's backfield. But the Hawkeyes lucked out on that drive with T.J. Sheffield fumbling the football while stretching out to the pylon. And it's Iowa ball at the 20. That was just such a huge play. It was going to be seven points for Purdue. Instead, the Hawkeyes get it at their 20. It seemed like the karma that was needed for the Hawkeyes to turn this game around. But, unfortunately, Iowa's next three plays were sack, loss of eight yards, sack, loss of two yards, incomplete pass, and punt. Now it's easy for Purdue. They just went right down seven plays, 
Got a 21-yard pass to David Bell, and the Hawkeyes had nothing left on offense. Three interceptions to end the game. Spencer Petrus was trying to make something happen, and the Purdue defensive linemen were just pinning their ears back, rushing at full speed. Spencer was under duress, and he was just throwing the ball out there to see if the guy could make a play instead of being sacked. The stats are pretty ugly in this one. Purdue had 24 first downs to 17 for the Hawkeyes. Purdue was 9 of 16 on third down. Total yards, Purdue 464 with 378 of that coming in the air. The Hawkeyes had a paltry 271 yards of total offense, 195 passing, 76 on the ground. Purdue had the ball for 35 minutes to the Hawkeyes 25. You know, it seemed like they were just passing, 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 but when you look at the stats, you know, they ran quite a few more plays. They had 33 rushing attempts uh, with those three quarterbacks rotating in and running the football and then one running back that I think had 18 carries. Well, Aiden O'Connell for Purdue completed 30 of 40 passes, an incredible 75% completion rate, 375 yards, two touchdowns. He also ran one in. Jack Plummer only passed twice with one completion, but had five carries for 20 yards. And the third-string quarterback, Burton, he had one incomplete pass. And he was keeping the defense honest as well with three rushes for 10 yards. Head coach... For Purdue, Brom, he said he wasn't sure if rotating three quarterbacks was going to work, but they had to try something. They had to throw some punches. And I would say those punches landed squarely on the chin on Saturday. The Hawkeyes held David Bell to 11 receptions after giving up 13 to him in each of the last two games. Of course, I'm being tongue-in-cheek there. He actually had his best receiving day with 240 yards receiving a new Kinnick Stadium record. On defense, the Boilermakers blitzed and blitzed and blitzed some more. Karloftis, the great defensive end, had one sack. He was harassing Petrus all day. The team had four total sacks and eight tackles for loss. The Purdue defense came into the game with two interceptions in five games. They left with four more. Uh, They're also now fifth in the nation in points allowed per game with just 14 points scored on Purdue per game. Now, the Hawkeyes dropped to 7th in that category. Well, for the Hawkeyes, Petrus was 17 of 32 passing, 195 yards, just 53%, four interceptions. He was harassed in the backfield all day. Not many clean pockets to throw from, and the offensive line struggled to protect him from the get-go. Tyler Goodson had 12 carries for 68 yards. IKM was 6 carries, 23 yards, and I really like those numbers. The per-yard average of Teagood was 5.7 yards. But they really abandoned the run uh, with nothing going late in the game. Didn't get to carry the ball enough. Petrus had minus 24 yards on the day rushing due to sacks. Sam Laporta was the leading receiver, five catches, 61 yards. Keegan Johnson continues to shine, two catches, 50 yards. Teagood had four catches, 16 yards. So Purdue did a nice job containing him in the passing game. Defensively, Seth Benson, 12 tackles. Kerner and Campbell with nine apiece. Shannon had six. Just one sack in this game. It was Benson, uh, six tackles for loss. I thought the special teams were going to inject energy into this team during this game, and that was what was needed when IKM, Ivory Kelly Martin, had the 67-yard kickoff return to the Purdue 19. 12 minutes left in the game. Time's running out, but there's still time. You never know what could happen. And they just got no points. So, you know, that possession... Hawkeyes were stopped on downs. Uh, It was a third and two. Hawkeyes tried a quarterback sneak. 
And then fourth and one, they tried a quarterback sneak again, and the line was just stacked in there. I don't know if they can call an audible. It would have been nice to see them maybe pitch it to T. Good and have him run around end on one of those downs and get it that way. They're so stacked up in the middle. Nobody's been able to stop that, the Hawkeyes, for years. So Purdue somehow figured out a way to stop the quarterback sneak. Charlie Jones also, he had a 41-yard punt return down to the Purdue 12. Now here, there was just under three minutes left, but there was an interception on the next play. The game was pretty much over at that point, but the Hawkeyes had chances. They just could not score in the red zone. Um, the offense, you know, was in the red zone a few times, but they just could not execute, kind of gave up running the ball in the second half. The Hawkeyes had 21 rushes for 116 yards in the first half, good for 5.5 yards per carry. They only ran the ball twice in the second half, if you don't count quarterback sneaks. And, you know, that last quarter, they were trying to throw, make a comeback. But I wonder if, if handing it off a couple of times would have maybe kept that defense a little more honest and off balance. And maybe you get a big play in the running game, too. Well, what's next for the Hawkeyes? Nice bye week comes at the right time to get healthy and get ready for the grind of the final five games. If anyone asked me if 6-1 and one would have been okay at this point in the season, I would have said yes for sure. You know, After going 6-0, and oh, it stung a little bit, being beaten by Purdue again. They just have the Hawkeyes number of late. Next up, after the bye will be Wisconsin. They're another great defense. You can bet they're going to be studying the Purdue game to see what they did against the Hawkeyes to have success on both sides of the ball. The Hawkeyes need to figure some things out on the offensive side of the ball. How can they get more balance with the run and pass? Which five offensive linemen are going to step up to be able to protect Petrus? He has a clean pocket to throw from. We didn't see a whole lot of run blocking last week, but from what we did see, it looked to be better. Uh, but Wisconsin does not give up rushing yardage like Purdue does, so it's going to be interesting to see what the coaching staff can put together for the big game in Madison. If the Hawkeyes win out, they can still accomplish pretty much all their goals for this season, other than being undefeated, of course. But against Purdue, the starting offensive line was from left to right, redshirt freshman Mason Richmond, senior, former walk-on Kyler Schott, who started the year dinged. He's getting back into shape. All-American Tyler Linderbaum at center. He's having a great season, as we knew he would. True freshman Connor Colby at right guard. Former walk-on sophomore Nick DeYoung at right tackle. Cody Entz was out last week, so that, that left Iowa without a junior in the lineup. And then Justin Britt has been rotating in, as well as Jack Plum. So, you know, now's the time with the bye week to kind of figure out how to work with this offensive line. It's very inexperienced. Maybe some quick-hitting passes so Petrus doesn't have to sit back there running for his life. What kind of blocking schemes are going to work with the guys that they have? You know, Wisconsin has a top-five defense. They don't give up many rushing yards, as I mentioned. So Iowa is going to have to use the run next week and keep pounding it when they can to get a few yards, but they're going to have to set up the pass and have some success in the passing game. Defensively for Iowa, I'm not sure how Purdue picked up Iowa's blitzes so easily and how O'Connell got so much time to throw, but you know they really did have a lot of quicker developing plays. He didn't have to spend a whole lot of time in the pocket. And I'd like to see some more up-tempo from the Hawkeyes, some quick hitter plays. Arlen Bruce underneath and hit Keegan Johnson on long passes. Nobody can seem to guard that kid. So I'd really like to see more snaps from both of the, the true freshmen 
in the upcoming games. They have been very productive when in the game. And Keegan Johnson and Arlen Bruce, man, I mean, the future is bright with both those guys. No game this weekend, so it's stress-free. We can watch some other football games. Hope our Hawkeyes have a good bye week. We're ready to go next week against the Badgers. Fall is here in full force. Maybe we need to you know, reset a little bit, hit a pumpkin patch this weekend, or maybe a farmer's market. Get outside if the weather co- cooperates. Uh, it's not quite like watching Iowa football, but uh, let's take a, a, a little mental break this weekend, and everybody have a good bye week. Go Hawks!